0: I pray that you and your family are doing well and that you've been blessed this week. We are so excited. A lot of great things happening here at the church that, first of all, sign-ups are underway for our summer life groups uh, this week that begin next Sunday. Our groups begin next Sunday. Most of these are virtual groups uh, that will meet on Zooms, but some are in-person groups, so be sure to check out the group offerings on our church website, liferva.org. Let me just remind you that this is the only way you can sign up for a group, is to go to the website and sign up that way. So please be sure to check that out on the website or the app. Um, There's study groups, there's prayer groups, there's men's and women's groups, young adult groups, student groups. We even have a group for the children so they can join in. A lot of different options, so sign up this week. Also, I gave you an update last week, but we are well underway in our work to get our auditorium upgraded so that we can provide online streaming of our services going forward. We plan to finish up this project this coming week. It's going to be a really busy week here at the church, Uh, getting things ready before we get to see you next Sunday. Can you believe it? Next Sunday, we will be back at church at 11 a.m. There will be some changes to how we do service, so stay tuned this week for some more details Uh, If you don't feel safe or unable to join us in person next week, you can still tune in to Church at Home, just like you were doing today. Uh, We're going to give specific details this week about how we will be reopening, so stay tuned uh, to Facebook and our church website for details. So let's jump into the Word of the Lord for today, Exodus chapter 13, verse 17. If you have your Bibles, you can turn with me there. If not. Just take a look at the bottom of the screen. Exodus 13 and 17. It says, When Pharaoh finally let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road that runs through Philistine territory, even though that was the shortest route to the promised land. God said, If the people are faced with a battle, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. So God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness through the Red, toward the Red Sea. Thus the Israelites left Egypt like an army ready for battle. And then if you skip down to verse 21, it says this, the Lord went ahead of them and he guided them during the day with a pillar of cloud and he provided light at night with a pillar of fire. This allowed them to travel by day or by night. Now, Check this out, the children of Israel are finally leaving the slavery and the bondage of Egypt behind them. They're on this journey, and verse 17 says, God did not lead them along the main road. And then verse 18 says, instead, he led them in a roundabout way. Other versions say it like this, God didn't lead them on the road through Philistine country, but instead, he led them around on the desert road. Instead of going on the straight path, the obvious path, God led them on a roundabout way. So my subject today is this, the crooked road of faith. The crooked road of faith. They say that the shortest distance between two points is a straight line, and we all know that to be true. Now, during this time of COVID-19, some of us have Got to spend a little bit more time at home. Things have been a little bit different. One of the things that we've been enjoying occasionally is taking some bike rides uh, with my grandson, Mason, these last couple of months. Now, he'll usually come over on Sundays, and we do church together uh, in our living room. We have church together, and then we have dinner together as a family, and it's, uh, it's become something that we really enjoy. And then sometimes he'll spend the night with us on a weekend night. And we always look forward to this time with him. Now he's only two years old, but he has learned to become quite the explorer on his little balance bike. Now I didn't even know balance bikes existed. My wife and my daughter told me about it. Basically, it's a bicycle with no pedals. They learn how to balance, and they just run, chugging those legs. And uh, and they. But I was shocked how well he does on it. So. But what I've noticed since over the last couple of months is what used to be a journey of straight lines. We would take a right turn and go out of the driveway, take a straight line down the edge of the road, and then another right turn onto a long straight road that had almost no cars. The more Mason uh, grows and gets comfortable, the more this journey has become anything but straight lines. He likes to turn up every driveway. He likes to drive down every ditch and hill he can find. I mean, I don't care if it's just a little teeny slight incline. He'll go to the top, come down, wee, having a good old time. And then, uh, you know, every stick or every driveway reflector that he finds, there's one that's red. He always stops at it. He touches it. He says red. And then we'll go to the next driveway. There's a blue reflector. And and it's kind of this routine. Anything but going in a straight line. And then finally we reach the cul-de-sac that uh, serves kind of as our halfway point. And now, instead of just going in and turning around, now we ride in circles for what seems to be forever. There's a green tractor at the end of this cul-de-sac. And as soon as we turn, he says, green tractor, green tractor, and off we go. Now, sometimes when I've had enough, and I'm ready to go back to the house, I try to bribe him with popsicles or orange juice or his current favorite fruit snacks. And it used to work. But what I'm finding is the older that he gets, the more he chooses to take the crooked sightseeing tour all the way to the cul-de-sac and all the way back. My grandson enjoys the roundabout way. Now, Personally, sometimes I like to stop and smell the roses. But most of the time for me, life is about straight lines. I like to go from point A to point B in the quickest way possible. Sometimes when I go to Home Depot, I might wander down the aisles. But usually for me, it's parking lot, doors, plumbing aisle, lighting aisle. Whatever I need to get, I go in and I get it and I get out. I want to go straight in. And I want to go straight out. But you know what I've learned? Life is not always that way. You're ready to get where you're going, but sometimes life just doesn't help you get there in the way that you want to get there. You want to buy a house, but you get shot down for the mortgage. Or maybe you get outbid time and time again. You're sick, and you want to get better. But there's more treatments, and then more doctors, and more specialists. And this winding path just seems like it takes forever. You want to finish your education, but the classes seem to never end, or it's hard to balance your workload and your family load and your uh, scholastic load, student loans piling up, work never stopping, and sometimes it just seems like you never get to where you want to go. You're looking for a better job, but you hit a dead end, and another dead end, and another dead end. You're praying certain prayers, and maybe there seems like nothing is happening, or You take your dreams or your goals or your desires to the Lord and instead of it being on the fast track, sometimes it seems like God is sending you on the scenic route, right? The scenic route to fulfillment or deliverance or or whatever it is that you're praying about. You know, if someone would just be real with me here today and say, sometimes the long crooked road of walking by faith can be exhausting, can it? One thing I have learned as a believer is that when it comes to the kingdom of God, the shortest path is not always the one that God chooses for us. I wish that in life God would just take me from point A to point B. But what I have found is a lot of times there's hills, there's ditches, there's distractions, there's detours, there's dead ends. There's all kinds of disappointments. There's things that God allows to be in the path before I can get to the green tractor in the cul-de-sac. Now, when you read the story of how the Lord led the Israelites out of Egypt, he didn't just lead them through the Philistine territory. matter of fact, read the scripture. It would have been the quickest way. It was the, the, the most efficient way. But instead, the Bible says he led them toward the Red Sea. And God even said... I'm not going to send them that way because when they see the opposition, they're going to probably get scared and want to go right back to Egypt. The Israelites thought this was a huge mistake when actually it was a detour that had been created by God's divine purpose for the children of Israel because God had a specific idea in mind. The Lord knew that they were going to quit, they were going to return to Egypt, Or maybe they would just plunge right in into battle with the Philistines who were far superior to them at that moment uh, with their military skill and they would have been destroyed, they would have been defeated. So instead, the Lord led them on a crooked road. He led them in a roundabout way. He led them in a way that didn't make sense to them, but it made total sense to God because he saw the big picture and he knew what he was trying to accomplish. And I want to say this today. God is doing the same thing for some of you. Right now, you think God's confused. He's not confused. You think He doesn't see what's going on. Oh, yes, He does. We all want to travel in straight lines. We all want to always know where we're going. But hear me, the crooked road of faith is not lived that way. See, most of the time, God does not lead us in straight lines. And sometimes, guess what? He doesn't even lead us to our desired destination. Sometimes God takes us somewhere else. Our walk with God is a walk of faith. And often in a walk of faith, you will encounter dead ends. You will encounter obstacles. And we will find roundabouts when we expected straight roads. Now, I'll never forget the first time I had to face an actual roundabout in a road. I'll never forget it as long as I live. I didn't even know the things existed except in third world countries. (laughs) I'll never forget, I went to Akron, Ohio, and I was visiting my wife's family. And they have a roundabout, and I'm not joking. They have a roundabout in the center of the city. There's this big building. I can't remember what it is in the middle of it. And I promise you, there are like eight streets that empty into this roundabout. This is the mother of all roundabouts. And all these things empty into that. And I'm going to tell you, I was scared to death. I thought I was surely going to crash in that thing. Now, if you've driven in roundabouts a long time, after a while you figure it out. But I I remember one time I was driving in Mexico and there were some very confusing roundabouts. And I remember one time actually having to take several laps just to keep from getting run over and finally figure out how to get out of that thing onto the next step in my journey. Guys, the crooked road is not fun. It's not easy. It's not always the most desirable path but sometimes it's the necessary path. It is in those times of life and in those crisis of faith moments that we have to predetermine that we are going to press on and we are going to have faith in God. See, because Jesus never promised us that the road of faith would be a straight downhill path with no potholes and detours. Jesus never promised us that life was going to be like my grandson at the top of a little hill, kicking up his feet and yelling we all the way down. That's not how life works. We've still got to walk by faith and we cannot quit on the crooked road. Moses experienced a similar dead end in his life. In his younger days, he envisioned a plan to deliver the Israelites. But all of a sudden, there were these unexpected obstacles that forced him to flee the country. This ended his plans to liberate the people. And instead, next thing you know, he finds himself, he's a shepherd in the land of Midian until he was 80 years old. Guys, I wasn't there. But can I tell you, I know for a fact that's not the way Moses pictured it. That's not how Moses thought this journey was going to go. But God was hidden. And God had a hidden purpose in all of this. And as long as Moses relied on his own strength, his own wisdom, he was unfit to deliver the Israelites. So God had to bring Moses to a dead end. God brought Moses to a place where his own vision of how Israel would be delivered had to die so God's vision could be worked out for Israel through Moses. That crooked road of faith forced Moses to rely entirely on God's strength and God's will. See, the reason some of you right now are not seeing your vision come to pass yet is because your vision for your life is not God's vision for your life. I want you to think about that for a minute. Some of you are frustrated. You're angry. You're mad. You think God forgot where you live. But the problem is you're walking in a path that's not the path that God has for you. And it feels like a crooked path. It feels like a path full of potholes and obstacles. But you need to stop and say, God, is this your plan for my life? You've asked the Lord to order your steps, but sometimes you're frustrated because, now let this sink in. Maybe it's not the direction that you thought it would go in. I'm here to tell somebody right now today, there is a reason for the crooked road that you are on right now. There's a reason for the crooked path. That you're on. Sometimes the crooked road is because you are fully submitted to God. And sometimes it's because you are not submitted to God. So here's what I want to say to you only you and God know the answer to that question. Am I on a crooked path because I'm submitted to the Lord and He's taking me on a journey that I just need to trust? Or am I on a crooked path because right now I've deviated from His will for my life and I need to let the Lord order my steps? See, if you're submitted to God, I want to tell you, trust the crooked road. Walk by faith and not by sight. Keep looking forward. Keep your head up. Rejoice that God is in control of your life and enjoy the journey that you're on. But if you're not fully submitted to him, give your life to Jesus and then walk in the fulfillment and peace that only comes from a life that is submitted to him. Hear me, don't miss this. Fulfillment does not come from knowing the route. Fulfillment comes from trusting the navigator. Fulfillment does not come because you know every step of the path that you're getting ready to walk on. Fulfillment comes when you learn to say, I trust my navigator and I trust the Lord to order my steps and take care of me every step of the way. See, peace is not because the path is straight and easy. Peace comes because you know the path is ordered of the Lord, see, because hear me—you're going to continue to hit detours and obstacles and every pothole in the road until you submit your life to God. Amen. Sometimes our faith to be the kind of faith that we need has got to endure the crooked road. It's easy to trust when you can see the clear path, but hear me—can you trust God when you don't know what's around the next bend? Can you trust God when your job is unstable, like it might be right now? Can you trust God when you're hoping that you or your family won't get sick or maybe someone is sick and you're hoping they will recover? Can you trust God when you're anxious about COVID and anxious about the economy or anxious about your children? Is faith only faith when things are going your way? Oh, come on, somebody. Or is faith not losing trust when things are going in a manner that you don't understand? One of my favorite stories that I've shared many, many times at this church is about a letter written uh, to missionary David Livingston. There were some people that were contemplating going to help him. And they sent him this in a letter. They said, have you found a good road to where you are? If so, we want to send other men to join you. Missionary Livingston replied this way, and I quote, he said, if you have men who will come only if they know there's a good road, I don't want them. I want men who will come if there is no road at all. So can I just ask you a very pointed question right now? Are you serving God only if you know there's a good road? Are you willing to serve him and trust him even when there's no road at all? No road that you could see. No road that I can see. But trust me, the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. Are you willing to walk the crooked road of faith? Are you only a good road Christian? Or can you be a no road Christian? If need be. Are you a lead me through the main roads believer? Or are you a I will also travel the desert road if need be believer? The crooked road of faith. It's ordained by the Lord. One more quick example from the Bible. Most of you are probably familiar with the story of the three Hebrew men in Daniel 3. Now we won't read it today. But these three men had found favor with King Nebuchadnezzar. But because they refused to bow down and worship a golden image that the king had made, they were ordered to be punished by being thrown into a fire for execution. The king decided, though, he was going to give them one more chance to bow down before being executed. And here's how they replied to him in Daniel chapter 3, verse 17. It says this, if we are thrown into the blazing furnace, the God whom we serve is able to save us. He will rescue us from your power, your majesty. And then in verse 18, they said this. But even if he doesn't, we want to make it clear to you, your majesty, that we will never serve your gods or worship the gold statue you have set up. Yes. Now, despite the fact that they had done what was right, despite the fact that they had been good Uh, good young men and had followed their God to the best of their ability. The Lord still allowed them to get in this predicament. Now you talk about a crooked, unexpected road. And now, here it is, their faith and their allegiance to God is being tested yet again. And they still refuse to bow down to the pressure. I want you to notice two very simple but powerful things that they said that can take you through any difficult circumstances. Number one, they said, we know our God can save us from this if he chooses to. They didn't have any doubt. But then secondly, they said this, even if God does not deliver us, we are not going to bow down. In other words, they said, we know God can get us out of this, but even if he chooses not to, we will not bow. We are willing to take the crooked road. They expressed their faith in God's ability to deliver them. They knew that God had it all under control, even in the crooked road. Folks, we don't always understand our circumstances. And there's times when God does seem hidden from view. We ask hard questions, and sometimes there seems to be no answers. And when things are going well, our enthusiasm is high. Our faith is strong. But what happens when the road is crooked and confusing? Can we still trust God? Faith is easy when it's easy. (laughs) But it's not faith until it's hard. Now that's not complicated theology, folks. Many people believe that God can work, but they find it harder to believe that He will work. Or they get frustrated when He's not working the way they want Him to. But hear me, God takes care of Of his people. He will work on your behalf. He still performs miracles in response to our faith, miracles that pierce through unbelief, miracles that strengthen our. The greatest faith you can have is the ability to trust God in the midst of a crisis, in the midst of a crooked road. Amen? Even through the last couple of months have been crazy. But you know what I know? People that really have a strong walk with God, this has not phased us. We know that God's going to take care of us no matter what happens, no matter what happens to the economy, no matter what happens with this this disease. Can I say this not boldly or arrogantly? I don't care if another wave of this comes in the fall or the winter. God is still in control. God knows. Even if we plummet into a Great Depression, guess what? God can still take care of his people. It's not based on the economy. It's not based on our health. It's not based on whether we're in the middle of a pandemic or not. He is on the throne. And I love him enough to take the crooked path, if that's the path he chooses. See, the greatest faith you can have is the ability to trust God in the midst of a crisis, in the middle of a crooked road, the ability to trust when you don't understand, the ability to believe God knows what's going on, even when you've prayed for something and it still hadn't happened. Pastor J.T. Payne said it like this, Trust is a dimension beyond faith. Faith will see miracles, but trust will carry you through when you can't understand why your faith didn't work. Not always can faith deliver from the den of lions, but it is trust that will be able to keep you. Not only faith that will deliver you from the valley of the shadow of death, but trust that will carry you through the valley. 1 Peter 4, 12 and 13. says, Dear friends, don't be surprised at the fiery trials you're going through as if something strange were happening to you. Instead, be very glad For these trials make you partners with Christ in his suffering, so that you will have the wonderful joy of seeing his glory when it is revealed to all the world. See, we got to get away from thinking that deliverance from a trial or tribulation is the highest form of spiritual blessing. That's not true. Many of God's people think they're second-class citizens of his kingdom because they haven't gotten their miraculous healing or they don't feel like God has given them an answer to all of their prayers. That is a lie from the devil that will keep you from victorious living. My question is quite simple. Can you have faith when the road is crooked? Isaiah chapter 55, verse 8, God says, My thoughts are not your thoughts says the Lord, and my ways are far beyond anything you could imagine. For just as the heavens are higher than the earth, so my ways are higher than your ways, and my thoughts higher than your thoughts. You know what that means? Don't be surprised when you go over the hill of life and you see an unexpected crooked road. Don't be surprised. Don't be caught off guard when you're going around a curve in life and all of a sudden there's a detour or there's a pothole or there's some obstacle that you didn't anticipate. Just stop and say, God, there's a purpose for this. There's a plan for this, and I trust you. Simon the leper, he was a friend of Jesus, but the Bible never says that he was healed. Jacob met face-to-face with the angel of God, and you know what he had? He was left with a permanent limp the rest of his life so that he would never forget how God changed him. The apostle Paul had a thorn in his flesh until the day he met his death at the chopping block. How's that for a crooked road? Moses, the great deliverer, right? He had a speech problem. God refused to heal him, but instead sent his brother to help him and be his mouthpiece and used him mightily anyway. Hannah, was barren for many years before she finally conceived and gave birth to Samuel. Abraham was a 100 years old before the promise of God came to pass in his life and his child, the promised child, was born. So my question today is, can you keep your faith when the road is crooked? Remember the three Hebrew boys. Even if God does not choose to remove us from the furnace of our affliction, we will never bow down. Amen. If you feel like your faith is on a crooked road right now, remember that God leads us to places to keep us depending on Him. God sometimes allows a crooked path in order to form your character, in order to knock off the rough edges, in order to teach you how to trust. Because remember what I said, faith is easy when it's easy, but faith becomes faith when it's difficult. It's not so important that we know where we're going, as long as we know that He knows and we're in the palm of His hand. See, the important thing is to keep your eyes on Jesus, seek Him with all your heart, and learn to follow His leading. Folks, don't be fair-weather Christians. Don't be fair-weather followers of Jesus. Understand that He is still Lord in the good times and in the bad. Amen? Amen? Let's pray together right now. Heavenly Father, I want to say thank you Not only for the mountaintops, but for every valley in my life. I want to say thank you for the good days and the bad. I want to say thank you for the sunshine and the rain. Lord, I say thank you for the straight path, but I also thank you for the crooked path. Because it's in those times, Lord, that you teach me things that I need to know. Lord, I want you to know I really do believe that the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I really do believe, God, that we can walk by faith and not by sight. And, Lord, I thank you today. And I pray right now, Lord, for anybody that's hearing this message who their faith has been challenged or maybe their hope has been diminished or maybe they've just felt a little bit discouraged. God, I pray for you to lift them up. And remind them, God, that you are the God, not only of the mountain, but you are the God of the valley. Lord, you are with us every step of the way if we put our trust and our confidence in you. And Lord, I thank you for the crooked path because it's there, God, that you teach me to trust you. And we thank you. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen and amen. God bless you. I just want to remind you next Sunday. We will be meeting for worship here at 11 o'clock. We look forward to seeing you. Stay tuned. You'll be hearing more about how we're going to do that. But if you're not able to join us or you're not ready to join us, tune in again next week at 11 o'clock, and we're going to be right here with you again for Church at Home. God bless you. Have an amazing week, and I will see you next Sunday. Bye-bye.